Hey friends and fellow Buffy lovers, and welcome to our podcast, where we discuss each episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer in detail, focusing on digging deep into the themes, metaphors, and foreshadowing. I'm Leah. I'm Sarah. I'm Tabby. And this is Becoming Buffy. Welcome back to Becoming Buffy. Last week, we talked about Never Kill a Boy in the First Date, which we all, all three of us, really love to talk about. I think it was, it was one of our, yeah, it was one of our first um, very fun ones to dive into. And then this week is the pack, and <laughs> we have to go back to being more reluctant to talk about. Although the episode, re-watching it, I've picked up a lot more than I did in previous there's times There's a lot of good it. metaphors yeah. and symbolism. Yeah, it, there's ton of symbolism and what they say just in conversing with mm-hmm. the other like characters i wrote a bunch of stuff down like it's very intelligently written mm-hmm. it's just not one of my favorite episodes yeah but it's really good i think it's hard with the first season because like the first season like the way that i would describe it to people is like high highs and low lows mm-hmm. yeah. like there are certain episodes that we haven't even gotten to yet that like are some of my favorites in the whole season. I mean, in the whole show, like it's just mm-hmm. awesome. I love them. It's the season that I think is the most dated as far as like the themes and stuff that they talk about, and like you can tell that they're yeah. trying to handle Especially certain in two episodes. <laughs> yeah, they're trying. You can tell they're trying to handle some subjects and topics well, and for the time they were handled well. But now, like as we've gone further back, there are certain things that are problematic, or even things that we're like, oh, I think you could have done that well, but yeah. And we'll we'll dig more into mm-hmm. that when we get into it in the episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, it's still, like, very entertaining to watch. Yeah. And there's still so, like, like even in the worst episodes, like, there's still, like, it's still an amazing show. And there's still, like, good standalone episodes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think this is just one of those episodes where it's, like, the metaphor is a little in your face. Mm-hmm. But there's really, really good stuff about it. And it really does start to, like kind of boost certain characters character arcs and i think being forced to sit down and analyze it makes me appreciate it a mm-hmm, lot more definitely. because leah and i ironically just restarted rewatching it a month ago mm-hmm. so this is the second time i've seen this episode in a month <laughs> which is very fun but <laughs> a little much yeah the second time i've watched it this month i enjoyed it because I was forced to sit there and actually appreciate the intelligence behind the episode. And I think the thing is that we have to remember about Buffy is there's going to be episodes that are not our favorite, but there's always going to be moments within those episodes that we really love. Yeah, I would never, I don't think I would ever advocate someone to skip an episode because there's always gold nuggets of character development mm-hmm. and things that there's you can a ton pick up and, and like, you will miss. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think it's too, it's like, it's hard going back the first time because Buffy really sets your expectations high. Mm-hmm. Like there are episodes in the show that are like unbelievably and story arcs. Yeah, and- they're amazing. I didn't realize. I think Sarah told me a little while ago that the pack is a lot of fans like one of their favorite episodes. Mm-hmm. I had no idea. It's actually one of Joss Whedon's favorite episodes. Really? Yeah, that's mm-hmm. not it's, written by him. <laughs> it's genuinely oh, really? well written and it's yeah, like it is. It's well done. I think it's more just personal preference yeah. for me. And just a little bit cheesier because it's the first mm-hmm. season. Well, it's again the metaphors in your face. It's very high school. It's about bullies, you know? Yeah. Which seems a little bit like young for us to watch, but it's so important for people in high school I mean, to watch episodes. But who like hasn't this? dealt with bullies? Right, you know? Exactly. Even in even as an adult. You still deal with bullies, especially with the internet now. (laughs) True, true. Um, But yeah, uh, so we can jump right into the episode. 
If this is the first time you're listening to one of our episodes on the podcast, our first half of the podcast is us going through anything that pertains to the episode that we're talking about. And before, we don't talk about anything past that. We don't say anything spoilery. Um, And then we transition into what we call our Scooby Secrets section, where we talk about anything spoilers, anything foreshadowing, future character development, anything like that. So um, stick around for that if you're Buffy Know all the things. Or if you're like Leah, who wants to just jump the gun and know everything. (laughs) Yep. All right, let's jump in. This is the sixth episode, yeah. right? I can never remember. Yep. I need to start episode writing it down. <laughs> the sixth pack. episode, The Pack, is written by Matt Keen and Joe Reichenmeyer. An interesting fact about Matt Keen, um, he's also the story editor for the first season. He came up with the name of Giles for Rupert Giles. He oh. had a class at Georgetown University that had, he had a professor named Professor Giles. And so huh. he decided to name Rupert Giles in honor of his professor that he really loved. It's crazy how much like professors and teachers impact people. Right? Yeah. And it's also kind of like, yeah, Giles would be a professor. It makes sense, oh, yeah. right? I see it. It's also directed by Bruce Seth Green, who we've seen before. And it aired April 7th, 1997. All right. So we open up with Sunnydale Zoo, which are such a small town. They have a zoo and it looks pretty big. So impressed. So there is two girls and a guy and they are harassing Buffy as she's walking through, chewing her gum, looking pretty like carefree. Well, I also like wanted to point out her outfit. Very safari It also looks Daphne too with the scarf. For sure. But it's also just very like the colors and like the jacket she's wearing. Like I instantly thought like, oh my goodness, she looks like she's going to go on like a runway fashion show that's like theme is like safari. Yeah, it's true. The khaki jacket over it. Yeah. Yeah. And for uh, like all of you listeners out there, I know that I talk a lot about like fashion and stuff like that, but I promise you like the fashion on the show is very intentional, intentional, just like everything else. And I'm actually going to talk about some fashion later on in the episode that is important, but like it's very intelligent and it's done for a purpose, Mm -hmm. you know? And I think that yeah, just got in mind when I pointed out. Yeah, I enjoy your fashion tips, whatever you want to call them. <laughs> <laughs> so then they come up to her and are kind of like harassing Buffy. And they say something, careful, she might beat you up. I've noted that too. I was like, ooh, I bet they you notice. people are noticing. But it's also like, why on earth are you going to make fun of someone you know can beat you up? Like, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. I think they probably also know that she only beats up bad guys. So mm. in their mind, they're like, she's not going to beat up right. helpless people. Especially out in the open on mm-hmm. a school field trip. They kind of have power over her. They're like, beat me up. Insecure people. I don't know, man. Yeah. That's a pretty it big risk to take. But insecure people like to pull other people onto their level. And so they see Buffy as superior. And yeah. they're like, all right, let's make us ourselves feel better and yeah. pull you down mm. to our level. We see Xander and Willow pull up, and they're like, hey, we saw some zebras mating. And then she says it's called a like Heimlich with stripes. Oh, I know. <laughs> and they're all excited. They're like, oh, my goodness, Buffy, you miss this. And she's like, um, okay. She's like, okay. I hate field trips. And they're like, hey, we're not in class. So it's all positive. Yeah. So then we see this guy. He is drawing the monkeys. Mm-hmm. And the same four people come up and basically this is a horrible I, insult. I know, I know, horrible. He says, "Oh, are you at a family reunion?" Yeah, it's horrible. They're comparing him to monkeys, essentially. <laughs> Leah's over there laughing. <laughs> okay, I'm not like 
applauding Leah were you insult. a bully in high school no. <laughs> it was no. an internal bully yeah. <laughs> no she I just judged everyone I didn't judge anyone outside <laughs> of their, their fashion <laughs> no I did terribly in high school everyone probably made fun of me but like I'm not like saying oh my goodness yay good for them for making fun of him but like I will say at least most insults were clever like oh my at least God. they weren't oh, having bad insults oh my word so then Principal Flutie comes up and is like, I've had it up to here. Yeah, in me. a full suit, by the way. I'm like, who wears a suit to the zoo? Yeah, he's like, gotta look professional. Yeah. I feel like that's a teacher thing. Even when you go on field trips, you're supposed to look a certain thing. He seems really? very like by the rules, by the book type guy. Yeah. If you're a teacher, I think you can wear like tennis shoes or like things like that. But I feel like if you're like an admin or on staff, you have to look a little bit more professional no matter really? what Really? Every are. like school I went to, and I went to a private school. So, like, when we went to the zoo, like, everyone was in jeans, t-shirts, and, like, shoes, even the principal. But it also depends on different generations, too. They could have yeah. been a lot more stiff in the 90s. That would be rough, man, having to go to the school and being all in suit. Look hot. But it's also, like, okay, the school clearly has no sort of dress code because some of the things that Cordelia wears and, and Cordelia, mm-hmm, yeah. It's not dress code appropriate. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's, like, chastising them. I've had it up to here with you, and they don't say anything, but... The dude, Lance, that we find out his name is, doesn't say anything either because he's afraid he knows he'll get picked on. That's usually what the bullied mm-hmm. say. They don't want to get them in trouble. They also don't right. want to have a target on their back if well, they say, oh, they've been harassing me. Because right. what if yeah. like the staff doesn't do anything about it? Then they're not going to be like, well, you're going to be punished for Or even worse, out. like what if the staff does do something, but mm-hmm. it's not a super harsh punishment. Mm-hmm. So then their parents get notified, then they're angrier, and then they take yep. it out on you. It's hard too because Principal Flutie, his hands are tied because he doesn't have a witness and he doesn't know exactly yep. what was happening. So the he's bullies just like, really have the upper hand when it comes to bullying people in high school. Yeah. They like have all the power and there's nothing people can really do about it. Yep. Unless it's seen sand, like you could, I can go up and be like, hey, someone is bullying me, but there's no proof. Mm-hmm. They're going to yeah. deny it. Well, and it's also like they, they talk about this like analogy multiple times in episode of like the idea of like the hyenas prey on the weak. But it's also like, you know, an example for bullies like they prey on weaker you know quote unquote weaker people who they don't think will fight back yep exactly principal flutie leaves and then packs basically like hey you know since you helped us out there lance you could come with us and we can go to all the places we're not supposed to go yeah. like basically kind of manipulating him into thinking yeah. you're one of us now because mm-hmm. you didn't stand up to the principal. Well, it's smart too because mm-hmm. since they have somebody like that with them, if they ever get caught, they can blame it on somebody yep. and it will always be him. Right. Well, and that's what bullies do. I thought it was really interesting when I was looking this up. Somebody was talking about how bullies learn victims' names and trick them into being friends so that they can hurt them more later. Mm-hmm. And we see it's later- a personal attack. Right. We see later that the hyenas learn someone's name. So it's yeah. all about making some simulate and hmm. to getting to know them because it's going to hurt a lot more if you think you're friends. Hmm. Yeah, you know? that's true. So they're like, all right, let's go break the rules together. We see the hyena house and Willow and Buffy and Xander are like, what are they doing? Like, why are they going into this hyena house that's like, it says it's in quarantine? Yeah, this like huge main group of bullies that we've never seen or heard of before. Yeah, right. Xander's all like, oh, this isn't a job for you, Buffy. This is a job yeah, for I'll me. Take care of it. <laughs> yeah, which this is super okay, interesting Xander. because like, as we've seen in previous episodes, like Xander, you know, wants to be the man and Xander mm-hmm. wants to take charge. And so it's like, 
any opportunity where he feels like he can take charge or be the man. Like, he will take you up on it. And this seems, quote-unquote, small enough that he can prove that he's like, oh, well, I took care of this Buffy. Yeah. Yeah. And to be fair, like, initially you're like, yeah, I guess Sander would be a good person because he's been bullied before. Mm. So he, you know, he can go in there and he knows how to, like, diffuse the situation. But both Buffy and Will are like, uh, because Willis says something like, they're jerks. But then she goes, oh, wait, kind of, or, like, most of the time. Mm. And then is like, yeah, no cross a line and do anything so then lance is in there and they're like basically trying to like throw him over into with the hyenas whether like actually trying to do it or he's pretending to or they're pretending to they're scaring him either Either way way, a really really risky joke at best yeah and then the zookeeper talks to willow and buffy and basically says hey don't go in there the most terrifying worker i think i've yeah, ever he's seen creepy, my, for he's sure. like they'll learn your name and they'll seek you out i'm like they oh my goodness this weak. guy's insane yeah he's like they pray on the weak and they call out to humans names to separate and then devour them i would feel like really insane if i were surrounded by those mm-hmm. hyenas not only do they call out your name but they just laugh all the time mm-hmm. that's gotta stay in your head i think it's interesting the whole separate and devour thing that he says because by having xander take on the spirit of this hyena he is separated from the rest of the scooby gang and he Mm -hmm. actually throughout the episode does quite a lot of damage yeah um specifically to him and willow even buffy even to buffy because Mm -hmm. you have conversations between them which we'll get to later but i think that that's kind of an interesting like yep matter so then trying to throw lance to the hyenas and then you see, like, the hyenas have this glowy green eyes. Yeah. Well, there's, like, mm-hmm. this jungly, like, type safari <laughs> music that plays all throughout the episode whenever hyenas are, like, mentioned or come up. And the, well, the camera pans up, and you see this big red circle on the floor. And Yeah, which, how on earth did they miss that? Like, how did Xander not see that walking? Yeah, you'd think at this point Xander would be like, hmm, this looks... Like, yeah, this kind of looks good. like, uh, I don't know, a satanic symbol. Yeah, exactly. I could see how maybe you'd miss it. You'd think oh, maybe it's part of the exhibit or whatever. But yeah. Yeah. So then they do uh, this like zoom in on Xander as the hyenas are laughing or the yeah. pack is laughing. And Xander does this like creepy smile. Yeah, terrifying. And then at the bronze, Buffy and Willow are talking about how Xander just did not seem himself or Willow is. Well, not only that, but I have to know in the beginning... There's like a food area of the bronze where it looks like almost like a cafeteria where she's like walking around with a plate of food. And I was like, I have never noticed that about the bronze. You can get food there. Never. Yeah. Well, they get uh, coffee sometimes. And I think uh, I feel like someone at some point has mentioned like, oh, let's go to the bronze. And then they've kind of mentioned food or something like that. This is so funny. I just looked like they're in the cafeteria. I was about to write they're at the cafeteria. And I was like, that's the bronze? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're literally there like all night. I would assume that they get something at some point. It would make sense to have chips or something. I just never noticed they were walking around with plates of food. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Um, And so Willow's like, Xander seemed off. And Buffy's like, I don't notice anything. I think further showing that Buffy is just kind of think think about Xander as and she mentions that she's like well I'm not the one that knows his blood pressure and yeah I'm not I'm not hyper aware of Uh Xander's mood swings yep yeah he says he makes my head go tingly yeah so sweet Willow deserves the world and I love how like Buffy's acting as if she wasn't wearing like Angel's right? jacket yeah, all she's the like, week before. Uh, she's like, oh, no, I don't know not, what that no, feels like. No, she's wearing it in the scene too. Oh, she is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Willow, even, Willow even points it out. She's like, aren't you wearing his jacket? Yeah. And she was like, 
him's my shoe. Or she's, uh-huh. acting, she's acting as if she's unbothered. She's like, oh, well, maybe, I don't know. He just pops up every now and then. And then she's like, oh, there he is. And she's like, Angel? And she's yeah. like, no, Xander. Right. Well, she's like, he's a honey. Yeah. yeah. No, the, the perfect sentence was like, well, going like, you know, you don't, you don't see him in that way or whatever. And she's like, oh, well, I guess he's kind of attractive if you have eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and then Willow's like, there he is. And she's like, Angel? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like, was sure. acting all cool, like, oh, you know, he's fine. And then immediately Jack is just comfortable, it. that's all. Yeah. Yep. Um, so then Xander comes in. And did you guys notice the intense eye contact yes. he has with that girl? Okay, yes. no, I literally mentioned it. I was like, he has the same energy that Jesse did when Jesse became a yes. vampire. Predatory. And it's yeah. because, like, it's the whole idea of, like, they have – a secret that people don't know and so it kind of gives hmm. them this sense of like confidence and like the sense of like i have some you don't i'm better i'm yeah. superior mm-hmm. well it's very um predator and yeah. territorial where you essentially like i own you i can have you if i want to like it's very yeah. much that yeah. kind of energy and yeah but the girl's just like staring at him and it's weird because xander's more yeah. like a well, fly on the wall you haven't seen anyone except for the praying mantis girl admire xander at uh, this point well, well willow. like willow yeah willow. But, like, so it's super weird to see some girl being like, oh, Xander, you're like, oh. It just shows you that confidence, whether fake or not, really mm-hmm. allures people. Yeah, yeah whether fake evil confidence or good confidence. <laughs> <Yeah>. Just fake it. <laughs> um, so Xander comes in, and he's, like, eating all Buffy's rolls. And she's like, um, excuse you, that's my food. And he's like, this is not real food. Then he starts smelling Buffy, which is like, Yikes. we're like, we get it. Hyena spirit. We we got it when the eyes of the hyena yeah. glow. But then he like he's all weird because then he's like, you showered. And she's like, yeah. She's like, I'm known for yeah. it. And he's like, oh, I'll forgive you this time. If someone yeah. like if one of my guy friends said that, I'd literally be like, are you okay? Yeah. And that's why she's like said something about him being really weird. Yeah. She's like, and acting weird tonight, like the award yeah. goes to. Yeah. And then when he leaves, Willow's like, is something is something wrong? Did I do something? Like, yeah. she just assumes that she did something. Mm. Well, first, like, the pack comes in. Oh, yeah. And immediately, Xander, like, looks up, and there's, like, a lot more intense eye staring. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Well, and I also noticed that the light that's shining on the pack is blue, mm-hmm. and the light that's shining on the rest of the gang is, like, this yellowy, mm-hmm. orangey, which, like, we've talked about lighting before, where, like, yeah. blue kind of, like, so what did you say blue symbolizes? Blue sim- typically symbolizes... Um, fighting or darker yeah a lot of times evil is blue mm-hmm. versus good is gold yeah gold symbolizes happiness and sunshine warmth yeah. and contentment and blue is cold and isolating yeah so it's just very interesting the that mood. like they kind of like put the lights on the two different groups of people mm-hmm. like kind of showing the clash between the and two and xander's a little closer to the blue light yeah yeah and then you have the pack goes immediately over and starts picking at these people at this table and they laugh and Xander laughs with them. Yeah, but he's far away. I noted that too. He's not necessarily with the pack. Mm-hmm. He's still like somewhat supporting what yeah. they're doing. Oh, yeah. And Buffy looks at him yeah. while he's laughing and she's like, why are you laughing right. at that? Which I think is interesting because it's like if you laugh at what bullies are doing yep. just because you're, you're not participating, it. you're yep. still just as much to blame because you're yep. not actually, you know, standing mm-hmm. up for them or you're laughing at them. You're condoning it. Yep. Yeah. And then we go immediately to the library where Buffy is pounding on Giles and he looks really, really done with it all. 
Yep. He says, well, I think we're done now. And she's like, are you sure? And he's like, yes, yes. He's like, it says something about while well, I wait for the feeling to come back to my yeah. arms. <laughs> and he's all like suited up like he's going to go play hockey or something. Yeah, poor Giles. What a Puts trooper. Puts a bunch of padding on. Yeah. Herbert the pig comes through the hall. And Buffy, of course, is right there, scoops him up and is like, he's so cute. And Flutie's like, he's no, he's a fierce mascot. Yeah. Yeah. My goodness. If you don't have the actual mascot, then don't act like it's something, like don't bring in a puppy or a dog or something. (laughs) I also wanted to point out that uh, Buffy is wearing Angel's necklace. Oh. So even when he's not in the episode... He's there. Oh, my word. Leah's like, he's always in my heart. (laughs) Well, he's definitely close to Uffy's heart, so. (laughs) Oh, my word. Um, And then Willow and Xander are outside, and Willow's trying to tutor him. Xander has a huge attitude problem going on. Yep. Which this this scene kind of brings me to think of, like, is the hyena part of him? Because we know at this point that he is, like, kind of possessed or there's something in Mm -hmm. him from the hyenas. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, does that amplify mm-hmm. his emotions or mm-hmm. does it bring in, you know, emotions or feelings that weren't there already? Just to hurt someone, yeah. Right, because but like... he had to have known that, like, Xander has to be in him somewhere to know the fact that Willow likes him because he was right. using he that says, against her. Yeah, he says very personal mm-hmm. attacks mm-hmm. towards Buffy and Willow. Yeah. Um. So it's kind of like, is that... You know, is that how he feels? Yeah, because he gets angry at yeah. like math, and that's not very like it's not a very hyena thing mm-hmm. to do. Like that's a very like yeah. Xander's right. own emotions but amplified Will- thing. To but do. Willow also says in the scene, "You were getting this last week." So mm. there's something in Xander that's also forgotten it or like the, the demon or mm, whatever the yeah. hyena spirit is has forgotten or just doesn't care about it. So yeah. it's interesting because the pack they were bullying someone before and then they bullied again afterwards and it's just more amplified so it's like how much do you carry over how much of it is just the evil spirit inside yeah. of you i mean i don't know i think sarah and i might like differ on this but i think for me personally i it seems that it's more of his own emotions amplified but i do think that it's like not like a oh he's feeling 50 percent, and then a 50 percent of like you know this it's more of like 10 percent his feelings 90 percent the demon sure yeah and i think that the episode is written that it could really go both ways. I think there's yeah. definitely things about Xander that are amplified, but I think you could also say that it's also his desires twisted. Hmm. That's true. The way desires are has, there, but they're twisted. Or he has the knowledge of Xander, but then he has like this demon taking over mm-hmm. him. It's like, that I'm going to use evil. these yeah. emotions that I, or facts that Xander mm-hmm. knows, and I'm going to use it to hurt other people. Right. Yeah. Well, what was the whole thing? It says, once it learns your name, it separates and devours. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it is the demon inside of Xander that's trying to separate and essentially devour the team's friendship. So then Willow's like, hey, you know, you don't want to be sweeping floors. You don't want to be doing all this stuff after you graduate. And he's just like, you know, don't really care. Throws the book in the garbage and walks away and willow's kind of like okay well maybe we can try again later so sweet flutie is like giving buffy a little mini lecture over there it's like you kids at your age have no respect and talking about the golden days yep and then he like kind of realizes oh i I guess i got that same speech when i was your age too and then buffy's just kind of like whatever like petting the pig and then xander comes in the pig just like freaks out out. yeah such a like weird creepy scene like he's just Mm -hmm. like walking and staring at the pig and then like buffy's all creeped out Mm kind of gives me chills i'm like ooh. yeah she can already tell something's off with him oh yeah so then the gym, I love this dodgeball scene. It is so funny and such a good way to represent what's yep. going on. Dodgeball, man. You're ganging Ugh. up on people too. How many times? Okay, so 
personal antidote time. <laughs> Growing up, I was the only girl that my age that would play with all these guys. And every oh, single one of them was yeah. younger than me. And I was pretty good. I wasn't the best, but I was pretty <laughs> good at dodging. I was only good at dodging. I could not throw those stupid, round, huge balls to save my life because really? I couldn't get a good grip on them. Yeah. They weren't but, small enough. See, I... Yeah, I was better at throwing than I was dodging. No, I could like I, I could literally Thanks. dodge like all day, but then I'd be the last person standing. I'd be like, I can't catch, I can't dodge. I don't know what to do yeah, now. You kind of exactly. have to curl it in your arm and then swing it uh -huh. over. That's how you get the power. But like dodgeball and kickball, but like without fail, it was just really frustrating because I was one of the better players, and I would always, always, always be picked last. It would be me and like the Sexism. youngest kid. <laughs> well, it's because it's such a power move though, because uh, you're like, fine, you don't want to pick me. I'm gonna beat you. Yeah, but <laughs> like twelve year old right. Sarah, just like, like sloshing. I was these like, kids. I was like, oh yeah, feminist at ten years yeah. old. <laughs> you for sure were. It was just frustrating too, though, because it was like you could tell some of the guys wanted me to be on their team because I was good, but they were afraid that if they picked me on their team, they'd get harassed by all the other guys. Like, ooh, you like her? Oh, and they're like, man, yeah, I forget how annoying it is thing. to be a kid. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but like especially around a bunch of guys, it's yeah. just like there's some sort of like unspoken rules that you have and it's like okay if i'm just as good like pick me yeah and i mean deal. that kind of is like a sub theme or like one of the other themes of this episode is like the idea that not only like bullies are very powerful in high school but it's also like guys specifically mm -hmm. when they get yep. together as a group they act way more stupid they together act, yeah they, they act do stupid and like obviously we'll bring up points that actually mm -hmm. defend that instead of just being like guys are idiots <laughs> together not you a know, sleeping generation yeah three girls just bashing on guys <laughs> but it's like it is like definitely a theme in this episode of like guys can mm -hmm. bring out the worst of each other when yeah. they're together mm -hmm. yeah but i think it's also interesting because so you have buffy and willow on one team and then you have the pack and Xander and um, Lance on that team. Yeah. And so at this point, they're kind of like, hey, yeah, Lance, you're part of us. You're part mm -hmm. of our team. And so you see one by one as they're starting and to tell pick everyone just off. the pack and Lance. And yeah. then they all turn yeah, on Lance. But it's interesting because the reason they turn on Lance is because you can tell they recognize mm -hmm. that Buffy is stronger yep. and so yep. they go for the weakest person, yep. which mm -hmm. is unfortunately on their team. But, which is ironic because like, Buffy's on the other team. Yeah. And the only person that's there is Lance. Yeah, he's on their team and they decide to beat him up. But it makes yeah. no sense it, for like the team wise. It doesn't make logical sense, but in a bully's mind, it's not necessarily about um, okay, let's let's help the other or let's help our team. It's about what makes me feel good, what makes me feel right. strong powerful. Well, and they don't really yeah. view Lance on their team. Like they they're just playing dodgeball. Like mm -hmm. they're in their mind, it's like uh them four are the team and everyone else is against yep. them. It definitely isolates the issue during this game because, it, again, like Sarah said, it's no logical sense during the game to like yeah. attack your player. But they also know they're not going to win against Buffy. Yep. So in their mind, it's like, you know, you've seen bullies when they feel cornered or backed up, then they, they just they go pick someone who's mm -hmm. really weak and yeah. they go after them. Yep. But I also want to point out that Xander is the one that gets Willow out. He hit yeah. pretty hard. And Her, she gets oh so my sad. gosh. Her acting, like, in this is so like queen of pain yeah, yeah. but that's it's what like, joss calls king her of pain. It's, it's, yeah. our king of pain it's yeah. spot on mm -hmm. only because like the way she acts is like very like teenish mm -hmm. you know but it's not like immature she just like you can tell her get like really angry and then like soften down it's kind of like be hurt yeah and it's just so good like it's just a very subtle way of just like showing willow's emotions like allison hannigan just did awesome well the way that she looks at xander is 
Xander, we're, we're friends. Like we're supposed to be on the same team. We're supposed yeah. to be friends. Mm-hmm. Like it's almost like we've had a pack where a pact where you don't you don't get me out. I don't get you out. Like even though we're not on the same team, there's we help definitely each other. a mental conversation happening uh-huh. between oh, yeah. them yeah. too. Yep. And this is the see- first time you hear the travel music too. I've oh, yeah. noted every time <laughs> the travel music plays in this episode. I love the coach. God, this game is brutal. I love it. <laughs> yeah, someone fire him. He's, he's like clearly super. has like a superiority complex. Well, he's just super into the game and he's just not realizing that it's actually like causing yeah. some stress for people. Yeah. We should also mark how many times Buffy glares at Xander in this episode because she also glares at him after he they beat yeah. up Lance. Well, I think it's because she sees that they all kind of back off when she's there. Mm-hmm. So I feel like it's her kind of like body language and her way of being like, you guys know I'm pow- like more powerful than you. Mm-hmm. So I think it's like it's kind of like um our dad used to do this to us all the time where his, he would never say anything that we like did was wrong but he would just kind of give us that look and we knew oh we're in trouble like, yep. like oh, and I think sorry. that's kind of what Buffy is doing is just very like I don't need to say anything for you guys to know mm-hmm. that like I think what you're doing is wrong. Mm-hmm. I think Buffy's still also just kind of figure it out. She's like this is not like Xander. Mm-hmm. So then in the hall Willow oh, runs up scene. to Xander. Yeah, this is a rough scene. Willow runs up Xander and is just like, what's wrong and with you? And good for her. Like, she, like, vocalized. She was, like, very strong and powerful mm-hmm. and was just like, hey, like, what's going on? Mm-hmm. I think the way she says it really describes the essence of Willow. It's not accusatory because mm-hmm. when – I mean, I would be very accusatory mm-hmm. in that situation. I'd be like, what's wrong with it's you? It's hard not to be. But she says it in a way of, like – what's wrong with you? Like a very like question, like, yeah. tell me, like, I want to know. You're not yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And then he, oh, he says, um, I'm just realizing like my feelings for you are changing. The way he so evil. Oh, makes it sound word. like he's going to confess his love for her because yeah. he knows she yeah. is into him. Like yep. so manipulative and oh, it breaks my heart. You can yep. see her starting to have hope again. Oh, I yeah. can't. And then he says, I'm dropping geometry and you can tell her it's being kind of like, okay, is it because you like me? Like why? She's waiting for an explanation uh-huh. of the way he phrased it and yep. he says because i won't have to look at your pasty face again Ugh. so sad i cannot yeah. and then the pack starts laughing like hyenas and he laughs as and well. then buffy slams <laughs> the lock she has where she's like you have anything to say to me like she's yeah. like come on like give me a reason to beat you up <laughs> yeah yep. they just laugh at her and walk away and i'm like kudos for buffy for just sitting there because mm-hmm. i would have slapped him <laughs> yeah, i would have started real. wailing on him He's go apologize cool. <laughs> yeah or at least like Pull him outside and be like, no, you need to tell me what's going on with you because you are being yeah. cruel, you know? Yeah, and, and I also, like, why is Xander the leader? Because, <laughs> like, true. he's the one who's, like, walking in the front. He's like, oh, my goodness, I smell dogs. And they, like, go, you know? And there's a, co- a couple of times throughout this episode where he is, like, the leader of the pack. And I'm like, first of all, why? Like, yeah. he's not the leader at all. It's just a plot device. But yeah. it, if the demon is taking over Xander's mind and if he knows facts about Xander's life, Xander is not a cool kid. He's not leading any group ever. So why would they be like, oh, this makes logical sense for him to be the leader? I don't know. Maybe it's because he's friends with the with the Slayer. Or maybe like the alpha hyena, you know, went into Xander. Sure. <laughs> yeah, is it one spirit or all the, the hyenas have different spirits? Which, okay, fun fact, hyenas are matriarchal. They actually have females that lead their packs. So oh. technically it should have been one of the girls and not Xander. I Stupid. thought that was pretty they interesting. They should have done their homework. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they should have done their homework. Sloppy. They're like, um, we need a clever plot device. Yeah. But, it, I mean, I think it's a lot more for, like, the episode makes sense. Oh, Xander yeah. would mm-hmm. be the leading person. Yeah, that's, that's the real answer. The writers wanted him to yep, be. Yeah, it's all yeah. writing. 
So then they eat the people's hot dogs, and yeah. we see the stoner dude the again. Stoner dude, yeah. <laughs> the long-haired dude from the episode The Harvest he's in like the computer Wilson? lab. Yeah, where he's like talking to Cordelia. And I swore all my life, I was like, I'm, I've never seen this guy like ever. And he's here. He's we got to just keep looking is, for him. This is why yeah. it's so great when you have to analyze it, because you notice stuff like this. I would have mm-hmm. never noticed stoner kid again. He didn't have the same like surfer dude accent that he yeah. did before. He was like, Buffet? But I think, I, I think he had a line where he was like hey (laughs) (laughs) not cool yeah and then they eat the hot dogs and which you know symbolizes carnivores what's gonna happen later with Mm -hmm. the pig and then they like the main dude i don't remember his name he like gets up and walks across the the picnic table instead of walking around it he's like he just walks and it bothers me every time i don't know why i think it's because he like steps on the food (laughs) uh started out the main guy of the pack or whatever played Pinocchio and Once Upon a Time. So if you're a fan He also of was Once in Upon Band of Brothers. Oh, oh really? Okay. Mm-hmm. And probably a couple other things. He's a pretty famous actor, which I cannot remember his name now, so shame on me. <laughs> <laughs> um, so then they smell something and they go find the pig. <laughs> Why are you laughing? <laughs> I just know what's coming next and I'm remembering the scene in my mind yep. and getting secondhand oh, embarrassment is, from myself. This is the moment I remember every time I think yes, about the pack. This is the moment, like this is what sticks in my mind from this episode. This is all that I think about. And all I hear think about is the slow motion. There's like, yes, the song, I can't. And just a super long walk through the smallest courtyard I've ever seen. We we should have timed it. I think it was at least 30 seconds. No, it was at least, least. I was like sitting there because I like wasn't taking any notes because I was just like, okay, (laughs) slow motion. And so I was like sitting there, I was like, how long is this? Oh my goodness! And I think Sarah told me this, but um, the guy who played Nicholas Sandy, Brendan, Nicholas Brendan yeah. when they said, "Okay, we're going to do slow mo during the scene," <laughs> he, started he thought walking. that it was like upon him to get seen slow mo. So he started walking really <laughs> oh, slow, no. and everyone else was like, "Nick, what are you doing, bud? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you gotta walk normal." I wonder if we're gonna slow we'll edit that you. later, dude. <laughs> I wonder if he ever like goes back and watches this episode and he's just like, "Oh," he just gets being, embarrassed like thinking imagine about it. Imagine being the cameraman, being like. What the director is like, um, Nick, Nicholas. <laughs> I'm just, like, walking so They're like, slow. Nicholas, we, we we'll do that in post, bud. Yeah, just, just walk normal and try to so look. Can cool. you imagine funny. his face being like, oh, oh yeah, for sure, I knew yeah. that. Oh uh, uh, well, yeah. That just goes to show you that Nicky Brendan was so green. He'd never done really any. This was yeah. his first. I think yeah. it wasn't his first gig. I think maybe he didn't want a commercial or something before mm-hmm. this, but this was his first big thing. He was really green, and for being so green, he has. Actually, just a really good actor. Yeah. He's very versatile. He did a good job. Yeah, I'd also like to point out, um, like I mentioned earlier about clothes, this is actually the moment I'm talking about, is that <laughs> uh, Xander specifically, but the whole pack is dressed in kind of like earth tones in a way. Mm-hmm. So greens, blacks. I don't know if it's technically an earth tone, but it's like darker type well, they, like tones. They're dressed like hyenas. Exactly. Yeah. And so it's like, you know, clothes... All that is important. Mm-hmm. It speaks, you know, when nothing else does. So, because mm-hmm. I mean, up until this point, you really see Xander usually wearing like like greens or Very things like colors. bright colors. Yeah. And Funny so, designs. for him to be wearing like almost all black is yeah. like definitely not like him. And I just want to say with the slow mo, it was like slow motion of Xander from the front, slow motion from Xander looking to his left, yep. slow looking motion behind Xander. Him. Yeah. It was like so. And every time <laughs> yeah. he thought, okay, this is the end, then it would just jump to a different angle of him. Yeah. They were really thorough. <laughs> 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 My goodness. And then you see them all like very domineering looks. And then you see Xander that pan in on again, him again and he's 
narrowing in on Willow and Buffy. Yeah, apparently from the he terrace. has enhanced hearing now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Willow's crying. <laughs> Poor girl. Every Literally, time, Allison, Allison Hannigan. Yep. So good. You just believe her so yep. much. Yeah, every time she cries, I start to cry too. And yeah, she King can be crying pain. about, you know, a hangnail. And I'd be like, dude. Me too. Yeah. Yep. But she says, maybe there is something wrong with me. Mm-hmm. And, and like, this is the true difference between like Willow's character and Xander's mm-hmm. character is that like Willow, like instead of being angry at Xander for not like liking her back, mm-hmm. is just like, maybe it's me. Mm-hmm. Maybe he just like, assuming you know, she did something yeah. wrong. But it's also like, assuming, like, hey, maybe three's a crowd. Like maybe I'm in the way and like mm-hmm. doesn't really hold that against him. Just mm-hmm. kind of like wants or to back Buffy. away. Yeah. Whereas like. You know, we've seen that Xander like has gotten angry at Angel. He deflects his pain. Yeah, has gotten angry at Buffy Mm -hmm. for pretty much the same thing. You know, Mm -hmm. it's just the difference between someone who's insecure and someone like Willow who just prefers other people's feelings over her own, Mm -hmm. even if it hurts her. Yeah, which is still like damaging to yourself. Both of them are. There's a good way to do it and a bad way, and I think Willow needs to stand up for herself more. And hopefully, you know, we're starting to see her do that a little bit more. Even at the end of the episode, I'll get into that too. Mm -hmm. She she makes some strides in that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but and then it's it's hard because then Buffy's like, you think this is my fault? And Willow's like, well, you know, you know, Xander likes you and maybe I'm in the way. And she's like, you know, he he seems to hate me and he's just sniffing you a lot is essentially what she says. Mm-hmm. So in the library, Huffy's like, okay, something's not right. And she's telling Giles, she's like, okay, he's just being cruel and mean and bullying things. And Giles is like, so you're, what you're saying is he's teasing people more. He's wearing different clothes and he's lounging about. And she's like, yeah. He's like, he's a 16-year-old boy. You'll yep. have to kill him. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Which is like, it's it's that idea of like, oh, boys are like, will be boys, mm-hmm. which I absolutely mm-hmm. hate. Like, instead yep. of holding boys accountable, like, mm-hmm. actually, you know, telling them to be men, you're just kind of being like making excuses for them. And just all saying, the like, girls notice that he's different. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then Giles, the older male, is like, oh, well, to be just, fair, he's turned into a 16-year-old boy. He doesn't have high expectations yeah. on him. Mm-hmm. Well, to be fair, Giles hasn't really seen Xander act bad. But it's also just like the idea of like maybe instead of making excuses for him, you like you kind of call him out on his behavior. Yeah, he's justifying. He says boys tease, they prey on the weak. It's just what they do. And it's basically boys will be boys. And that's not an excuse for his behavior. And I think it's really hard too because Buffy's telling him like, no, crack open a book, research. This has got to be something. And he's kind of giving her the brush off. But I also think that Giles just doesn't have high expectations for him because even when he says, oh, we got to kill him. Just kidding. But he's, like, really not just kidding. <laughs> like, I mean, he partially is, but... I think he like, is. Well, obviously, he's not going to be, like, go kill him. But, like, he doesn't care as much about Xander as he does the rest. Mm-hmm. I think so. I think it's it's hard not to read into it as he's trying to just say, oh, you know, guys are just like this. It'll be fine. Yeah. But then Willow comes in, is like, hey, the pig Herbert has been eaten, and... The boys were seen outside of the classroom where Herbert was. And Giles immediately is like, oh. And the way that he, like Anthony Head acts right there, he looks very chastised. And he repeats back what Buffy said to him. And because they're like, well, what are you going to do? And he's like, I'm going to crack open a book, basically saying, you were right, Buffy. And I think that's classic. Girls 
we'll say, hey, that guy's, I get a creepy vibe off of him. Like yeah. something is wrong. Like I don't have any, I don't have proof. And a lot of times girls are dismissed by, oh, that's just a guy doing what he's doing or it's not really anything. And then it yeah. does end up being something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Happens a lot. And I also wrote down, you know, he's realizing that he needs to trust Buffy stinks yet again. So then Principal Flutie goes to call them to his office, and this is not going to go well. Back in the library, um, they said Noah rejected the hyenas from the Ark because they are evil hybrids of dogs and cats. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Which I was like, if, you know, they weren't on the Ark, like, how'd they survive? Because they're evil. They just... They somehow swam. Yeah, Mm -hmm. exactly. They held their breath underwater. Yeah. And Willow says... Why couldn't Xander be possessed by a puppy or some ducks? Yeah, (laughs) some ducks. (laughs) And then he basically goes into the, or Giles goes into the lore of everything. The primals, their soul is a perversion of spirit. They they want to have something that's horribly evil possess them. Um, They want animals such as hyenas to possess them because then they'll become pure evil. Mm -hmm. And then Buffy looks at the book and is essentially like, crap, we need to do something about this now. And I noted that it's a lot more powerful that Giles goes, oh, and then, or else this will happen. Mm -hmm. And instead of saying what happens, they all look at the book Mm -hmm. and they, they see what happens. Like, like mutilated bodies. Yeah. And And they're like, oh, this is serious. Yeah. Rather than saying, oh, he's going to be a murderer. Right. Yeah. Well, and fun fact, that picture is also from, um, that picture is from Dante's Inferno. Mm. So that makes it doubly scary. Yeah, (laughs) for sure. So then the classroom, Herbert's cage is completely ripped open. Poor pig. Which is like terrifying. Like what kind of strength do these, you know, people have Mm -hmm. and Buffy's like they're strong is the comment she makes and then Xander comes up behind her kind of almost like he's stalking her like Mm -hmm. a predator's prey Mm -hmm. and she says this is ridiculous we need to talk and then just jumps him (laughs) and then he says been waiting for you to jump my bones yikes which is an interesting like they had just talked about how like they had eaten Herbert's bones and like yeah you have the juxtaposition of the Pack circling Principal Flutie and Xander also trying to, um, well, sexually assault Buffy. Yeah. <laughs> Let's not sugarcoat it. Yeah. yeah. And poor Flutie. I know. Rip Dude a good one. Not. Yeah. He, he, like, was, he really was trying. He had good intentions. Yeah. He wasn't And it's a bad like dude. so cruel that like they, as like the pack is like eating him up. They, like, zoom in on his nice picture of, of him, him smiling. smiling. I'm oh. like, so cruel. I didn't pick that up. That's so sad. Yeah. yeah. And his smile, he looks so, like, insecure. But, like. But he, like, looks hopeful. He's like, yeah. I'm going to come and change the school. Stop. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> what the heck, you guys? Like, okay. killed in, like, the first season. <laughs> I know. He was in <laughs> for. Necessary. He was in for, like, not even six I episodes. Know. I don't think he was in all of them. He really tried, man. He tried his best. R.I.P. Flutie. Yep. Um, so before we get to the end of that, we have Xander on top of Buffy, mm-hmm. and he says, you like your men dangerous and mean, mm-hmm. which I think is really interesting. And he uses comparisons to Angel. And he's like, you like the more mysterious type of guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is so evil. But he has a very corrupt view of what her type is. Mm-hmm. It's not that she likes meanness or darkness in a man okay i was about to spoil stuff never mind it's okay it's okay we'll talk about it in spoilers i already have her in i think a a very typical thing that i hear a lot about with um rape victims or sexual assault victims is a lot of times they hear you like this you want this it's a manipulation it's totally manipulative so this is 
Xander being like, you like guys dangerous and mean, so therefore you must like this. But it's also Mm -hmm. like guilting her into thinking, you know, you didn't want me when I was like this, so Mm -hmm. now I'm being what you want. Mm -hmm. Making her feel guilty like you made me this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but it's also like I had had to become this for you to even notice me. Yep, very common thing. And once again, it is disgusting. It totally is. Yeah, and again, like I know we'll talk about this, but like is this – Xander, like obviously Xander's attracted to her. So is this him? Like obviously he doesn't. I don't think Xander wants to rape Buffy, but no. I think no. that this is a perversion of his attraction yeah. to her. Yeah, one hundred percent. Animalistic twist. Yeah. yeah, he says something very symbolic too. He says, "The more scared you are, the better you smell." Yeah, which is a very corrupt way of bringing in the um the animalness to mm-hmm. it but i feel like but it's also but, a power the, dynamic it, yes like when somebody is domineering and pushing themselves on somebody if you're a corrupt gross human being who enjoys watching somebody hurt mm-hmm. you get turned on mm-hmm. or you get more excited the more scared they are i think it's also just a fact of like we've seen the, the fact that xander likes to take charge we've seen the fact that he is insecure about the mm-hmm. fact that he's not more powerful than Buffy. And so I think yeah. the idea of him being able to have power over Buffy is like a power thing to him. Mm-hmm. Does yeah. this go back to rush. the whole, this is Xander's idea of what it means to be a man? Is this, mm-hmm. he's thinking, all right, being dangerous, being a little bit mean. Like yeah. it all goes back where this episode and Teacher's Pet have done a really interesting job of dissecting what does society tell boys that they are okay yeah. Like what tells them what they're yeah. supposed to be and what is okay for them to do. Yeah. And what does actual manhood look like? I didn't realize we had two back-to-back Xander-centric episodes. Mm, well, we had um, Never Kill a Boy on the First Date in between. But yeah, we had... Oh, in one those. season, I guess that yeah. was pretty... Yeah. It's still a lot. But I thought it was really interesting, the fact that he was saying, more scared you are, the better you smell. We actually heard that line in the second episode with Luke the vampire when he grabbed Cordelia and he sniffed her and said, oh. you smell like fear good, something about oh. you taste better. So we're seeing direct correlations with like the demon that's inside mm-hmm. of a vampire is very similar to whatever is possessing right. Xander. Yeah. Right. It's still taking over the body. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's twisting and yeah, making things. Twisting the emotions of what mm-hmm. the human originally had. Yeah. Um, I really like how Buffy seems helpless in that moment. You're like, oh, man, is he stronger than Buffy? Yeah. Then uh, the library, you see Willow watching hyenas. Mm-hmm. And I was like, why would you watch that? Yeah. Like, I know it's for study, but. Oh, and man. Buffy just comes in dragging Xander. Yeah. I hit him with the desk. <laughs> and so then Buffy says, you know, he, you know, trying a little sexual assault. And Will is like, oh, but he didn't mean it. And Buffy's like, no, 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 I, I don't like, yeah. I don't think he meant it at all. Yeah. He's just in a heightened animalistic state. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they lock him in the cage and then Giles comes in and is like trying to tell them that the pack ate Flutie. Yeah, which how quick are these teachers to hold a teacher's meeting? Because like we as we just saw, like Flutie just died. Mm-hmm. So the fact that they were like someone his body was like, call teachers meeting immediately. It just kind of cracks me up. But it seems more on the nose. If the principal dies on campus. I feel like you'd have to let all the staff yeah, know. Yeah, like that's quick to just be like, ring the bell. You know, all of us come in and do it instead of like sending out a mass email like, hey, tomorrow teachers, we need to have a meeting. Like that sounds more like a school. Well, you would definitely. But who would email everyone? Well, maybe it <laughs> Vice wasn't. Principal? Maybe it wasn't like, hey, teachers meeting is in. We're all just going to sit down. It was like everybody had a quick huddle and was like, hey, we got to somehow get his body out of here. Call no. the fire department or whatever without like alerting the students because they don't want the students to be scared. Like I could see that. But yeah. Um, I noted that how both Buffy and 
Willow respond to the news really shows their characters really well in this moment because mm. Buffy's really used to hearing hard news. And so she just stands kind of like, you can tell she's affected by it, but she's sort of kind of used to it. But Willow immediately sits down. So it's mm. just the difference. She's not used to hearing the type mm-hmm. of news. So like when people say, oh, you might want to sit down before they tell you like hard news. You're mm-hmm. like, oh, take a seat. Yeah, it's It's the fact that like Willow like, is one of those people that needs to take a seat because, like, it sickens her. Yeah, and I think it's the idea that although it looks to us as if Buffy and Willow have been doing this the same amount of time, mm-hmm. Buffy's been doing this for over a year now. Yeah. So she has had many time to cope and deal with, like, the death of people, you know, casualties, I'll put it that way. Whereas, like, Willow hasn't. You know, she's only been doing this for, you know, what, a probably a couple months I think more than that, too. I mean, we saw Buffy really affected by Dr. Gregory. She wasn't as close to to Principal Flutie, but Willow realizes that Xander is capable of that. If the pack did it, Mm. what is Xander? Mm -hmm. And so for her, it was like, holy Mm -hmm. crap, we got to get Xander some help because this is where he's headed as well. Yeah. You know, they put two and two together and are like, hey – um, we should talk to that Zooper because it seems like he knew a lot about like that's yeah. why they were quarantined and stuff. And then we see a jogger out with her baby and she comes across the pack. I don't like that. It, like being a mom, I'm always like, yeah. don't put the baby in danger. Yeah, well, and the weird thing is you don't even really see the baby until like kind of halfway through yeah. the scene. So you're like, oh no, this poor woman. And you like she kind of turns and you see the little baby on your back. And you're like, oh no, the baby. Why is she going on a jog at night in Sunnydale with your baby? I but I, I think mean, it's the <laughs> idea of like again, like people just don't really know what's going on. Like yeah. they just kind of discount everything. And so I think to her, she's like, yeah. it's Sunnydale. Yeah. Sarah made a really good point of symbolism in this scene. Yeah, just the part where she sees them and um, Tabby was asking like, why wouldn't she just mm-hmm. run away? And because that's definitely your first instinct. Yeah. And it's because they're grounded at her they've got like the drool and everything they're very predatory and so when you are faced with a wild animal you don't mm-hmm. turn and run because as soon yeah. as you do they'll chase you and like they'll get you You have to show dominance yeah well you aren't showing submission if you turn your back yeah by just facing them and backing slowly away that's even showing like hey like you're the dominant one mm. i'm walking away yeah. i don't want you to chase props you. To this, eye contact. Yeah, props to this mom for handling it like perfectly knowing me i would have like grabbed my baby and zoomed out of there because yeah. I, I uh, ironically, I heard this on a TikTok recently, uh, <laughs> where it's like if you're in front of a lion, um, mm-hmm. you don't run around. You mm-hmm. main, I, you keep eye contact, mm-hmm. and then you slowly walk backwards, and they can decide whether or not they want to mm-hmm. like pursue it further, yeah. and they walk away. Yeah. We go back to the library, and Xander like wakes up and is like, "Hey, Willow." Yeah, and it's interesting. Like I was watching the difference in how he treats Buffy and how he treats Willow. Mm-hmm. So like. He doesn't kind of insult he Buffy's plays on intelligence. Her yeah, well, he doesn't insult Buffy's intelligence by trying to be like, oh, you know, sweet and all this stuff because he knows he can't fool Buffy in that way. And so he tries to like kind of manipulate Willow because he views her as weaker. Well, he says, you're weak because you're doing what you're told. Yeah. yeah. And that we'll learn that's like the one thing Willow does not want to be told. Yeah. Well, and it's just interesting because the music is very like sweet and you kind of are lulled into the sense of, oh, maybe Xander like realizes Mm. what's Mm -hmm. going on and you're like, Willow probably thinks that's what's going on too. And then when he tries to grab her, you realize that Willow's been playing him. She knows. I know her intelligence and like shows that she stands up for herself, like just gives her like a tiny bit of character growth because like she's standing up for herself Mm -hmm. and she's intelligent. Well, watching it, I forgot that she did that. So even during the conversation, he says, weren't things a lot more simple? It was you and me. 
Mm-hmm. And she says, maybe. And so in my mind, I was like, come on, Will, you know this isn't Xander. Yeah. And so when he reaches for her, she says, well, now I know yeah. you didn't change or whatever. Yeah. And then I'm like, oh, yeah, like, that's right. She was smart in this, like, scenario. She played him. That's, like, super awesome. You see some growth in her. Right. Well, and you also, I have so much respect for Willow and the fact that she obviously cares very much about Xander, but it, she isn't blinded by it. She yep. still sees his faults. She still calls him out on stuff. Yeah. And I think it's very telling that Xander has now underestimated two girls, Buffy and Willa, and both yeah. times they have either caught him or knocked him out because of it. Yeah. So then the zoo office, um, they're talking to the zookeeper, and Giles and Buffy, not realizing it, end up telling the zookeeper that to reverse transfer, you need to do a predatory act. You can kind of see the light bulb go off in the zookeeper's head like, oh, okay, I think we have enough information now. And that's where he gets the idea of, oh, hey, I can I, I can get the soul yeah, into my But soul. it also like reveals the fact that like that's why everyone in the first scene got mm-hmm. the hyena in them in the first place because what they were doing was deemed a predatory act. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so they find out they have to get them all to the zoo and that the hyenas will actually go to wherever their missing uh, member is. They will track them down. And so immediately they're like, crap, we left Willow at the library. Mm-hmm. So Willow's still watching her hyena movies. Yeah. <laughs> I was she's, like, why? She's woman. trying to get information. Researching. Sure. This part's so creepy. He's like, Willow. Yeah. And she's like, so quiet, they, Xander. <laughs> yeah. So taunting. Ugh. Yeah. But again, it goes back to the whole thing that when they call your name. Yep. Yeah, then they try to go in and devour you. So then they crash through, and Willow takes off, and they're, like, tearing down that cage like it's nothing. Yeah, Yeah. so scary. Tribal music starts playing again. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Willow hides in the classroom under a desk, and Xander, you know she's there, and fakes her out. He starts sniffing. Yeah, so sniffing. And he, like, he fakes her out by shutting the door. Buffy comes in, um, knocks out the other girl with a fire hydrant, uh, beats up one of them and then locks themselves into another classroom. And Giles says something really interesting. He's like, individually, they're almost as strong as you. And then he's like, but collectively, they're getting stronger or they're they're getting pretty difficult. Yeah, well, what, what actually stuck out to me was the fact that she said they are stronger, but she's like, it seems like they're getting stupider, oh. which to me kind of seemed like a <laughs> metaphor for the fact of like the longer guys are together. It's, it's literally a, a scientific fact. Yeah, like the longer they're <laughs> together really in a group and not encouraging each other to be better. They get like they, stupider. Yeah, they just get stupider. They're like, hey, like, let's go do this. Let's go, you know, and they just don't really think about what's best for the group and what's best for each other. Like, they're just kind of, like, in it to have fun. They don't really care, which I just thought was, like, such a perfect metaphor. Yep. It's like the old adage, one boy is all boy, two boys is half a boy, three boys yep. is only a quarter of a boy, and four <laughs> boys is no boy at all. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. So then they're like, all right, Buffy's like, I got to get them to the zoo. You guys go there and make sure the zookeeper is all ready. So she goes to hunt them down. And you hear like this family. One of my favorite <laughs> lines. So they walk funny. out and the dad says, I didn't say she looks better than you. I said she looked better. Right. You're already invested in this family by the right? time. Like, They're like they arguing up. in front of the sun. I feel so sorry for Joey. the sun right here. <laughs> Joey. <laughs> so creepy. Yep. And then I love that Buffy, she jumps on the car and looks at Xander and says, come on, you know what you really want. Yeah. Well, I also, I I noted this too. And this is, there's so many symbolic phrases that they say. She looks at the kid who's like not licking his ice cream or not eating it. It's getting all melty. Yeah. And she says, 
don't play with your food. Oh, yeah, yeah. Which is interesting because it's like with animals, they like to play with their food. Right. Like they like to have fun with them right. and then they kill them. She's talking to Joey, but she's also talking to the hyena yep. people. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Um. So then she takes off. There's this chase scene and Giles um, is like, all right, Willow, stay out here. I'm going to go see if the zookeeper is coming. Yeah. Let me know if Bubby's coming. And then he's like, oh, uh, your face is painted. Okay. Yeah. He, oh, again, okay. I <laughs> I question how Xander missed the giant emblem on the floor, but how <laughs> in the world did Giles miss the giant emblem and not question the fact that this guy had, like, face paint? I mean, paint? he did. It took him, like, a couple seconds, but he did. Yeah, he saw, okay, face paint. I can understand that you're trying to present a front to the hyenas. Okay, that makes sense. And right. Then he looks down and is like, puts two and two together and goes, this had to have been here in order for them yeah. to actually turn, like, mm-hmm. have the spirit go into them and then he clicks and goes ah you wanted the spirit and he was like it must have been very frustrating for you yeah mm-hmm. and then he gets knocked, knocked out, out again third time man third time in the first season yeah and there's this like poor two guy he's gonna have brain damage for yep. real and then willow runs in and is like all right buffy's coming yeah, I was so trusting this guy's like tying her up and she's like okay <laughs> she's like where's where's giles he's like he's laying in wait yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> the puns man um, and then he's like, all right. He's like, there has to be the predatory act. Remember? She's like, yeah, yeah, you'll pretend to slash my throat. And once again, this is Willow pretending yep, to go this along also. with it. I was She's like, so smart. The second time again, I was like, come on, Willow. As if I forgot the last time it was like methodical. She's also so brave. Buffy comes in and she goes, Buffy, it's a trap. Yep. And like, yeah. she, she knew. She could have been slashed. She, she just, played along with it again. Oh, I was just so proud of Willow in this episode. I know. So yeah. bold. Oh, beautiful. <laughs> yep, and I think it also shows how much there's for Xander because in that moment too, she was not thinking so much about her life. It was like we just got to get that spirit out of Xander. Yeah. So then the keeper yells out phrases, and instantly the spirits transfer, and they fight. And Buffy throws him in with the yeah. hyenas. But also, Xander has a really good moment where the first yes. he does is to protect Willow. Yes. Yeah. Right. Which shows a very clear difference between sold uh, evil and sold Xander hyena sold, whatever you want to call that. Yeah. And regular Xander. Yeah. And then Giles stumbles out. Did I miss anything? <laughs> yep. <laughs> Poor guy. Well done, Giles. Thanks for telling him the answer to it initially. And yeah. Yeah. Giles' intentions was in the right place. Boys will be boys. So then we go back to the school and Xander's just like, I had nothing to do with all that, right? And everyone's like, no, no. Like, you yeah. only ate the pig. Well, He's like, I ate the pig. This is like a very interesting scene. Because Xander asks the girls, is there anything else I did, you know, that was like weird or awkward? And I I think in Xander's mind, this is him asking them if he has to like own up to it or apologize. Hmm. Because they're both like, because you see Willow look at Buffy and kind of say like, hey, like, kind of like with their eyes kind of like, should we mention half the stuff they did? Yeah. And Buffy goes, no, nothing. It's okay. And they walk away. And then like Xander, ugh, this scene bugs me because like Alice <laughs> comes up. And he tells him, you know, I have nothing in my books about, like, your memory being erased after, like, an animal. Um, yeah, there's nothing about when an animal's – when there's an animal possession that there's no memory that's yeah, yeah, exactly. And so, like, Xander kind of gives, like, this face to him. Uh, Giles is like, Your you, secret yeah, dies with me. Yeah, your secret dies with me. And then, like, Xander's like, oh, thank you. And this scene bothers me so much because I think it's supposed to show that there is this cycle of, like, Older men and men mm-hmm. in general not holding other men accountable, mm-hmm. not yeah. forcing them to be better, not telling them to grow up and be a man, just kind of being like, it's just oh, this cover for you. knowledge between guys. I feel like where it's like, okay, well, I'm just, I'm just gonna 
protect you in this scenario mm-hmm. and just not tell anyone about yeah, it. Yeah, but it's like you, you also think about like whether or not it was Xander, like Xander unknowingly, like without his control, like physically assaulted Buffy and like verbally abused Willow. Mm-hmm. And so he hurt both of his best friend's feeling. And instead of like owning that and like, you know, apologizing for the way that the hyena acted, I'll put it mm-hmm. that way. Like he just kind of is like, oh, is there anything I should apologize for? Is there anything that happened? And just moves on. And that's also kind of putting them in an uncomfortable position because it's like, hey, did I do anything else? And as far as they know, he doesn't remember. Mm-hmm. So how awkward is it for you to be like, actually, yeah, you kind of sexually assaulted me. Mm-hmm. It's a little awkward. Right. So like in his mind, he's like, well, I asked them and they didn't say anything so mm-hmm. I can just live with it now. And I see it too. It's not just Giles sweeping it under the rug and being like, oh, I, we won't tell anyone about your foolish, you know, Right, because I mean, to be fair, Giles doesn't know half of what Xander did. Sure. Yeah, yeah that's true. But it's also, um, it's Buffy and Willow, they could have told him too and they don't. And I think that's just a mirror of society's giving guys a lot of grace and a lot of mm, latitude yeah, yeah it's not just the guys high school boys it's though the girls and because we're, we're we're conditioned we're conditioned to see what guys do or to hold guys at a lower standard than girls you know yeah because they're yep. just boys they're just boys exactly so and i mean xander feels shame we see that yeah and this away, isn't yeah this isn't me being plays. like he's the worst person ever it's right. just like there's so much about Xander's character, especially in the earlier seasons, that like he just he's such a boy. I, and well, I think I would like to see, and I th- we would like to see a little more self reflection mm-hmm. yeah. in him. Instead, and just he walks ownership. away. He's just embarrassed by it. And it's like cool. You can be embarrassed, but you can also be like, hey, does this reveal something inside my heart yeah. that maybe I need right. to evaluate? Well, and take responsibility for your actions. Yeah, a self reflection is a good point, Sarah, because he's the first person to point out everyone else's issues, mm-hmm. and we'll see that a lot. But then when it comes to himself, he's like, "How? What's the best way to make this seem like it's not that big of a deal? Mm-hmm. Because I'm very fragile." Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's interesting the way that the episode is written. It could be a social commentary on how guys are um, yeah. are treated differently, but it leaves it ambiguous as to whether or not that's a good thing or a bad thing. Yeah. And so I think going back and rewatching it, like, obviously there is some scenes where I'm like, oh my goodness, like the, the, the slow-mo scene, I just like, I can't help but laugh, but there's so much in this episode that is just so good. And it just, it Mm -hmm. really reigns true today of like Mm -hmm. kind of talking about how society treats guys specifically in high school. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And how even like Buffy is doesn't seem phased by the sexual assault. She's just like, oh yeah, he tried to sexually assault me. Whereas like that should be a big deal, you know? Yeah. And yeah, obviously Xander didn't know what he was doing, but I think the episode is also really interesting because this is the first time we've had Buffy publicly and acknowledge that Xander has a crush on her, that he likes her. I think it's still up for debate whether or not she was aware of it beforehand and just yeah. was kind yeah. of oblivious. But I think right here she kind of discounts it as like, oh, he was being a hyena. Like, yeah, it it's be. it's funny because like she's just you can see her kind of either genuinely not noticing or just discounting it because of other things that are going on. And I mean, Xander doesn't see it, but I think she she obviously cares for him as a friend, but I think she thinks so little of him like in any other way that she's just not even aware of all the advances he makes. Yeah. Um, anyway, well, that was the pack. Woo, we yeah. did it. <laughs> yeah. We made it through. It was actually really enjoyable. Yeah. yeah. I liked that. There was a lot more that I noticed the second time this month. Yeah. It's definitely <laughs> like, it's an episode that like for some reason kind of grows on you. Like mm-hmm. yeah. in a weird way, I think it's because the further you dig deep into it, the more you understand 
the intelligence behind mm-hmm. it. The importance of it too. I mean, this is, we're 20 years out from over 20 years out mm-hmm. from the episode airing and it's still an issue. Yeah, it's true. And I just think I love how Buffy has the overt metaphors, but it always has another mm-hmm. layer down there yeah. that you can really yeah. dissect, which is what makes yeah. it so timeless. There were multiple different things that they addressed that were big issues in this episode more mm-hmm. than just bullying. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Um, I hope you learned some new things and Hey, if there's anything we forgot or anything that you would like us to s- discuss in another episode, uh, go ahead and email us at coming at gmail.com or follow us on Instagram at becoming Buffy podcast. We'd love to listen um, to what you guys have to say and talk with you in dialogue, but yeah, that's all for our spoiler free section And hang in there if you would like to hear our spoiler edition. Until next time. Hi, guys, and welcome to our Scooby Secret section. We are actually kind of ready to talk about this episode. I think that this is one that was kind of like surprisingly had a lot of character development mm-hmm. in it or kind of was the foundation for a lot of character development, which we're super excited to talk about. Um, but before we get into that, I do want to mention to you guys that this is our spoiler section for not only Buffy the Vampire Slayer, but also the show Angel. So if you haven't seen those ones before or if you care about spoilers or whatever it is, Uh, We would not recommend that you listen to this section, but uh, if you don't care about spoilers, then we hope that you enjoy it. Yay, spoilers. (laughs) I was Um, so excited. The first thing that I noted in the very beginning, what was was the guy who was targeted by the pack? What's his name? Oh, um, Lance. Lance. Okay. So when they're targeting him and they're kind of like twisting it on him, being like, oh my gosh, like... Look, here's your family or whatever. Mm-hmm. Monkeys. And, uh-huh. And then um, Mr. Fluey comes by and he asks them if they're like giving him trouble. Mm-hmm. And as the person who's bullied, we mentioned how like it's kind of hard for him to stand up for himself in the situation. He yeah. says, no, mm-hmm. like we're good. It made me think of the episode with Xander in season three. Oh, the Zeppo. The Zeppo, oh. yeah. And the police come by and he's like, hey, is this guy giving you trouble? Mm-hmm. And then he stands there and he's like, no. Mm-hmm. And then... I forget the guy's name, but he's like, hey, that was really cool. You can be a part of my gang. You can be my mm-hmm. friend. Yeah, so that, like, that time they actually mean it. Yeah. yeah. They, well, they wanted his car. They wanted him to drive around. Yeah, but they were going to kill him and make him part of the real gang, man. That's true. But um, yeah, I just thought that was a cool correlation. Very similar. I think it's funny how we have the um, Buffy hitting Giles in his gear. And there's a scene that comes up later on. I think it's in season two where Giles is like wearing a pitcher's mask and he's like wearing a lot of more gear. You see him gain more gear throughout the season. As he gets gets sore and sore. (laughs) Yep. So the first thing I want to talk about is this was actually the first episode that James Marsters saw. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, which is so funny. Of course, this is like the one with the slow-mos. Of course, he's yeah. like, oh, I want to be on that. <laughs> well, it's funny because when I heard that this was the episode that he had seen, I was like, the pack? Really? Like, why? Yeah, there's so many better episodes. Watched, he didn't see Angel. Why? And I also was like, kudos for him for looking at this and being like, this is the show I want to be a part of. Yeah. But apparently, like, he was like desperate for anything and his agent was like, hey, there's this show, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. They have some roles next season that they want you to audition or that you can audition for and james was like buffy the vampire slayer that movie was crap i don't want to like be on that show don't blame him for that one and then um his agent was like hey you know you can just watch it tonight it's on at like 
a seven or eight or whatever. And so he turned it on. He was like, he saw what they were doing. He saw the metaphors mm-hmm. about like how garbage teenage boys can be. And he was like, dude, I want to be on that show. So I just think it's kind of funny. I just, every time I watch the slow-mo montage, I think of James Marsters watching it, yes. laughing hysterically going, I want to be on the show. Yeah, I, like, I want to well, look cool. The slow-mo, the slow-mo also reminds me of the slow-mo he actually gets in Full Love when he's like jumping off oh, the thing. Yeah. So he got a yeah. slow-mo. That's funny. <laughs> That's really funny. Um, so then the other thing I had was when, um, Willow is tutoring Xander when he's evil and she talks about how if he doesn't do his geometry, he will have the whole sweeping floors job when he gets older. Mm. Pretty sure in the, in season two, when they do career day, uh, Xander gets garbage man. Oh, and yikes. then later on. He literally is Dang, sweeping floors. That's so insulting. Could you imagine being like, you're going to be a cop. You're going to be a congressman. You're going to be a janitor. Like, what? Why would you do that to a kid? Yeah. I could just see Joss re-watching this episode and be like, I'm going to use that. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> well, but then you even in season four, he becomes like a bartender and right. he sweeps the floor. floor. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And he, he decides not to go to college because he knows he's not very smart and he doesn't really enjoy. I mean, you can go to college if you're not very smart, but he doesn't enjoy the whole book learning thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, he ends up becoming like a contractor and all that stuff. And like, yeah, ends up right. actually ending Pretty up with stable. like some stable job and income. But yep. he's also picking up and making things look better, like cleaning mm-hmm. up things, building things. He's sweeping ah, up a lot yeah. of things. Like he, <laughs> I think he also becomes his job. He also views himself. I think this is the way he views himself mm-hmm. is like. I'm taking care of everyone else's messes. I'm the one holding the team together. I'm the one pointing out when people are doing things wrong. <laughs> Which, I mean, I think he does so in an unhealthy manner in yep. the beginning of yeah. the show because he does. Later on, I would agree that he does it in a good way. Yeah, he yeah. points out people's flaws and calls out Buffy, but he doesn't know how to do it without sounding incredibly possessive of her. And it also yes. seems to be tainted yes. selfishly. I wouldn't even say it probably is, isn't until season four that I really start seeing him step into that role in a healthy way. Yeah. Specifically no, with Riley. Yeah. That's when I really saw a change in him of that one like, conversation of chal- with yeah, Buffy. Yes. Of challenging her in a good, healthy way and not in a jealous, mm-hmm. angsty teen boy way. Well, I was just going to say that's right when him and Anya are getting strong too mm-hmm. in season four. Or season five is when yeah. he leaves, but yeah. Right. Well, and I think... Xander's just so insecure and season four was really good for him because everybody, the team is kind of moving on and doing other things. And he's like, am I going to be left behind? So he has to kind of find his own niche. And I think high school, one of the reasons high school is so hard is because we're all forced to do the same thing. And some of us are better at it than others. After high school, we can kind of do what we want to do, what we're good at doing. And you can kind of like come into your own at that point. And Xander, we see that happen a lot. Yeah. I wanted to point out when they were in the library, it's towards like the middle of the episode. Um, Giles is talking about the hyenas and he mentions that um, the people who worship the hyenas wanted to become the hyenas because they saw the soul as a perversion. And we actually see this theme from demons so many times. Every time they talk about angel is always like, Oh, the soul, like, you know, that's dirty, you know, you're, you don't want to be like pure anymore. I think they were not actually talking about like everyone's souls. I think they're talking about specifically the hyena souls. They're saying like there's some animals that are dirty and their souls are inherently dirty. I don't think they're meaning all souls are dirty. Yeah, no, I know. I'm just saying like as a whole, it's just very interesting that like, um, when your soul people, being tainted or your something. soul being tainted, yeah. but it's also just like when people are corrupt, they see the soul as mm-hmm. a corruption. Well, and it's also interesting too, because they've talked about this with the master, the more he became 
older and more corrupt, the more animalistic he looked. Yeah. So there seems to be a very uh, clear correlation between animalism and like evil and yeah. like the less human you are, the less pure you are. It mm. seems to be too. Well, and there is something to be said about the fact of like vampires do have something of uh, an animal instinct. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, absolutely. The whole predator and prey. Yeah. Um, can we just talk about Willow for a second? Because oh I my goodness, this episode yes. foreshadowing so good yes. for her. She seems so innocent in scenarios. Like we talked about this and how I was proud of her in those two scenarios. She mm-hmm. acts innocent and you really believe it. Because mm-hmm. you know how when you watch TV shows and movies and you can see them trying to act innocent, but you know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Allison Hannigan does such a good job where she takes you along with the ride with her. So mm-hmm. when she's acting innocent, you believe that she actually is innocent in that scenario. Yeah. Yeah. This is the first time you've seen that there's a lot more strength and strategy in her that you thought there was. Mm-hmm. She's a lot more smart than people give her credit for. Not that we didn't think that she was smart. It was right. like, she's more knowledgeable, mm-hmm. very sweet. Well, she's not letting people walk all over mm-hmm. her. And she's using um, that perceived weakness as an advantage um, in making people think one thing yeah. to get knowledge and information out of them yeah yeah um and i think like there's some really good like we're seeing confidence we're seeing all this other stuff coming up but we're also seeing tiny little bits of dark willow or where dark willow is going to go eventually with the whole um xander and the pack pick on her because they perceive her as weak yeah and that really touches on a sore spot for her well he has a whole line where he's like you're doing what you're told Mm -hmm. you know and she you see this for a long time of like her being like no like i'm not a goody two shoes i like i'm not just like this stuffy person and so like anytime she does break the rule she like emphasizes it but she also does want to see be seen as good she is has a very unhealthy relationship with i don't know herself her power anything like that she wants power and when someone who's been um made fun of and bullied Mm -hmm. their entire life they're given a little bit of power and they're like oh my goodness i never want to feel like that again yep yeah and we see that constantly throughout the show in especially like i'm probably going to reference this episode for the rest of the podcast but season four um in restless where she talks about costume putting on a costume her costume that she puts on is that she's powerful and she doesn't want to be seen as weak i mean not to say that she's not powerful but she puts on um things like magic or the fact that she's smart good with computers and she just like always feels like she has to prove herself even to herself, even yeah. in that dream, she's like, I, I'm all just a fake. I'm, I'm really mm-hmm. am that weak person that everyone has always viewed me to be. So I wear this costume to feel powerful because mm-hmm. I don't feel like I am. Yeah. So that's yeah. why she overcorrects. Yeah. And I'd like to point out that this is the second time now in the first season that Giles has doubted Buffy and her gut pretty yeah, much. Specifically, yeah, specifically. Um, he doubted her in um, Teacher's Pet mm-hmm. when Buffy claims that the teacher is a praying mantis. He's like, no, Buffy, that's silly. Mm-hmm. You know, come to find out that she's right. And then in this episode when she says, like, there's something off with mm-hmm. uh, Xander. Like, there's something off. Um, and then she mentions something. I think she mentioned something about the hyenas. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, like Giles's first thing is just to be like, oh, he's just a teenage boy. Like mm-hmm. these are just hormones, all this stuff. And then come to find out she's right. And we see this theme kind of all throughout the season of like, when people do not trust Buffy's gut, things go wrong. Yep. Mm-hmm. Because Buffy, one of the yep. good things about her being a slayer is that she trusts herself and she trusts her gut. And mm-hmm. it's yep. very rare that she's wrong. Mm-hmm. Yep. And um, among the many other scenarios of happening throughout the whole show, it's it's interesting that this happens in the first season right away and then 
the major thing is the seventh season mm-hmm. when like no one trusts her gut mm-hmm. and especially Giles. They're kind of, their relationship right then is kind of severed. Yeah. Or fractured. Well, and mm-hmm. then that's what ends up getting a lot of the potentials and stuff like that killed. Mm-hmm. But like it's but it's a, it's a theme throughout the whole show is that like when people, not just Giles, but yeah. when people in general mm-hmm. don't trust her instinct, especially yeah. in things like battle, it ends up terrible for everyone. Mm-hmm. Or especially things that are kind of in the gray. You see that way more so in the later season because earlier on right now everything's black and white mm-hmm. and so once Buffy becomes an adult and she starts making her decisions mainly Spike keeping him around much longer than everyone else was comfortable with mm-hmm. everyone wasn't really happy with that and I think that kind of like stuck with them a lot longer than they would say it has mm-hmm. and so when she starts making other decisions that they don't really quite see the same way they kind of are like well you're not making good decisions they're using that against her mm-hmm. yeah and I think um not to just pick on Giles here because I think he in this episode it's a little more pointed that he doesn't trust Buffy simply because yeah. of the fact that it feels like an excuse for boyish behavior yeah. but we do see over and over Buffy not trusting Giles Giles not trusting mm. Buffy and that makes sense I think a lot of times when I watch the show I just always automatically assume that they like have this strong relationship but we're seeing them learning how to work yeah. together and, and I would honestly say like their relationship does not start becoming really really strong until after Prophecy Girl mm-hmm. because yeah. Prophecy Girl she still doesn't really fully understand what Giles does for her. And so that's why that whole scene of her being like, read me my fortune, all this stuff mm-hmm. is so powerful because she's like, I don't trust you, Giles. Like, you don't know what I go through. You don't understand me. Mm-hmm. Like, but I think like, I mean, coming back to poor Giles getting knocked out <laughs> in Prophecy Girl, I think that he's like, oh, I'm listening to her. I understand her. I'm going to go and fight the master. And then she yeah. is like, no, I'm not letting you. But like, I think it is something to be said about the fact that like, at this point, you can tell they genuinely have a love and a care for each other, mm-hmm. but there has not been this establishment of trust yet. Yeah, absolutely. They're still trying to figure out how to work with each other. Um, I love the scene where Willa tries to fake out Xander when he's in the cage. It reminds me a lot, a lot, a lot of Avengers in the Marvel Cinematic Universe when Black Willow is trying to fake out Loki by pretending. Black Widow? Yeah, Black Widow's faking you said out Black Loki. Willow. <laughs> oh, sorry, Jack, sorry. <laughs> Dark Willow. Sorry, oh my goodness. Um, when Black Widow is uh-huh. faking out Loki, yep. it's very similar vibe. I mean, yes. it's, it's obviously its own different thing, yeah. but it's yeah. she's using the whole She's pretending innocent, to be innocent, pretending to be weak. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and then one thing I noticed a lot was uh, specifically in the scene with Buffy and Xander, there is a lot of comparisons to this relationship to the one with her and Spike in the future. Mm -hmm. And specifically Mm -hmm. when he doesn't have a soul, obviously. Um, But he makes a comment kind of saying, like, you like your men mean, you like your men dark, mysterious. And he makes an example or correlation to Angel. But you really see it a lot more with spike Mm -hmm. and spike i think at one point even makes like a comment to her kind of saying like you like darker men you Mm -hmm. men with something in them like that he says it to riley too he's like she likes a little demon in her man yeah and obviously you know there is that question of they both you know didn't know the line of when to stop with buffy Mm -hmm. um but i think it just really speaks that like there was a darkness in both of them and they Mm -hmm. both kind of thought and perceived that if they acted in a certain way that like Buffy would be attracted to Mm -hmm. that and I think they have the wrong idea of what Buffy is attracted to but I think like Xander saying that and Spike saying that I don't have a very good idea of what um, Buffy, he really likes. Yeah. And I think it, and there, it, it's that difference between wanting someone that's like dark and mysterious and like 
wanting someone that can on a fundamental level just like relate to you and Mm -hmm. i think that buffy herself has a darkness in her and buffy herself has a part of her that she feels like if she dated someone who was like super light and had no problems like she couldn't really relate to them because she's like I have the weight of world of the world on my shoulder every single day. It just wouldn't work. Yeah. And she'd feel like she'd always have to protect them too. Yeah, I think just the fact of her being a slayer, she's attracted to darkness because she has a bit of demon in her. Yeah. Simply the fact that, you know, they combined essence of a demon with the first slayer and over generations, you know, we've seen that and like they try to give her more demon. She it, it's it's something that can be dissected and dissected and we'll talk about it more later. But right. I think that Buffy there's a part of her that she doesn't quite understand, and that's the Slayer side. And I think, you know, she doesn't fully understand until season seven. Um, and so she doesn't know how to reconcile that side of her with the human side. Yeah. And so because of that, there's a part of her that kind of looks for that in other people. But unfortunately, most demons are evil. And so the people yeah. that she looks for that do have a darkness tend to have a lot of it. And yeah. her taste in men, honestly, is just crap. <laughs> Whoa. We love Angel. We love and Angel. Spike, okay. We love Angel and Spike for sure. There's just, there's problems. <laughs> Nobody says they like Riley. <laughs> I mean, I like Riley too, but there's just problems in all of them. And, and yeah. I mean, you can come back to the writers wanted drama in all of her relationships. Yeah. You know? Well, they definitely did it right, man. Yeah. But also having the irony that the two people that she really cared about were both vampires. Mm-hmm. Like, Come on. And like, you have to have yeah. that. But it's also like not just like vampires. They were like bloody, terrifying like bars throughout worst history. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. yeah. So I have, that's all for me. Do you guys have anything else? Yeah, no, I'm good. All right. Well, thanks for listening to our spoiler edition. We will see you guys next time when we are watching episode seven Angel. Angel. Woo! <laughs> so excited. I promise we'll like Spike when he comes too. It won't yes, all be no, I'm an avid <laughs> Spike fan. I promise there will be plenty of Spike talk. We'll try around. to spread all the love all around. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but anyway, if you guys have any questions or comments, feel free to email us. Feel free to talk with us on our Instagram. And we'll talk to you guys next time. Bye.